Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will not get Back in and with you on the Mike Keller Show. Welcome aboard on a Thursday afternoon. I join you today from Salt Lake City, Utah, just up the road from Provo, where the Badgers will take on BYU Friday. In a Well, as far as non-conference games, easily their most difficult game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium coming up on Saturday afternoon. 2.30 Central Time is the kick. Then Wisconsin gets a bye week before Northwestern comes calling in the Big Ten opener two weeks from Saturday. Welcome aboard. There is controversy in Major League Baseball. You know what I see on this, though, as, as I've followed it uh, from a network standpoint and, and national reporting standpoint, there's not a whole lot of talk about this series being shifted to Milwaukee from Miami for the weekend. The Brewers will get three additional home games, three more home games than everybody else in baseball because of the shift of this. And I'll just be honest right off the top, as opposed to lying to you like I would normally. Uh, if the roles were reversed, if I were, uh, if this was the Cubs had a series in Miami and it got shifted to Chicago, I would be really upset about it. Have to be honest in that this gives was uh, the Milwaukee Brewers a distinct advantage. Now they're still in the chase mode, but it gives them a distinct advantage. And if I were the Cubs, Cardinals, and Rockies, I'd be bothered with Major League Baseball by this. Now, you, you have to you have to still be sensitive to the impact of Hurricane Irma. And you have to be sensitive in the concept that Miami wanted to host this series, and as they got, and I don't know the timing of this, and I, I don't think any of us know, at what point Miami said to Major League Baseball, we can't do this. Because if Miami does that indeed, at some point late Tuesday or some point in the workday Wednesday, Major League Baseball has 48 hours to pull it together. And in fact, they have much less than that when you're talking about arranging for two teams to be in a particular city to play a three-game series. You've got all of the infrastructure that goes along with the, the ancillary workers in, in a stadium, talking about parking, ushers, all of the elements that go with that is uh, a little ridiculous. I mean, there's a lot to be done. And if indeed Miami didn't pull the plug until late Tuesday or Wednesday, what are they going to do? 
if they go to Milwaukee and they say, listen, would you be able to host these games? You'll be the visiting team. Milwaukee's going to say, yes, we can pull it together. We don't have a natural disaster that we're dealing with. Major League Baseball also has to be conscious and cognizant of any weather issues. Can't move this into a market in which you've got rain flowing in for the weekend and you have concerns about open air and rainy conditions because there's really no time to get this stuff made up. So what were your options? Hard to take it and move it to Houston. I don't know what their options truly were. I know that in the Yankees series against Miami, they just moved it to City Field, the home of the New York Mets. I, I don't know in general terms what their other options were. Uh, you know, I mean, it, there was a time when the Chicago Cubs played home games in Milwaukee. When they were actually, they played the games in Milwaukee, they were Houston Astros home games. The Cubs are home this weekend. Couldn't have moved it to Wrigley. I don't know what their other options were. If I were looking at it from the other team's perspective, I'd be bugged by the idea that these games are in Milwaukee. How bugged would I be? I don't know. As a fan, I'd be more bugged than I think the organization would be. But that's how this stacks up. So I put up a poll question in regards to this. We'll get to that in a moment. There is NFL talk. There is Green Bay Packers talk. There is an NFL suspension. And again, I just think that people accept these things in the National Football League there's no eyebrow furrowing. There's no looking at it and saying, hey, this game's got an issue. The only issue is with the Houston Texans because Brian Cushing's going to miss 10 games. It's his second PED suspension. He'll miss 10 games. And again, in the National Football League, as fans, as media, as people to talk about and cover it, you look at the National Football League and you see a PED suspension and you hardly bat an eye. But if it happens in baseball especially with a star player, it is always a significant issue. Baseball's got a problem. The NFL doesn't have a problem. You know why? Because essentially, privately, we all believe that in the NFL, that's part of the process. Getting bigger, getting stronger, HGH, PEDs, it's okay. Makes the game faster, makes it stronger, makes it more violent, makes it more athletic, we're okay with that. And it's also not a records-driven game in which those numbers stand the test of time because in football, nobody knows what those numbers are. <laughs> they don't. I can get, it, Name your statistic. Nobody knows what the record holder and the number is, and in baseball, they do. But that's out there as well. I'm Mike Keller again with you today from Salt Lake City, just up the road from Provo, where Wisconsin will take on BYU Saturday afternoon. So we're crisscrossing the country on this Thursday afternoon. John Audius in our Madison studios. Hey, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? To give you a better idea of that timeline with the Brewers series, um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Tom Hardicourt tweeted yesterday that Major League Baseball called the Brewers at lunchtime right. to request the relocation. So I'm not sure so when Miami point, yeah. when Miami said we can't do it and what was being done between that and Major League Baseball calling the Brewers and saying, hey, can we move this? Right. So it still leaves it uh, a little open, at least as far as the interpretation. Did Miami say to Major League Baseball yesterday morning, hey, we can't do this? And then Major League Baseball, with hardly any lead time, reaches out to Milwaukee. Was Miami willing to do this and they were planning on doing this? And then all of a sudden it pulled back? Because if you remember the tweets and the conversations earlier in the week, Monday and Tuesday... Brewers officials were saying, we're planning on going to Miami until or unless we hear otherwise. 
So if Major League Baseball was answering the Brewers' inquiries by saying, let's just plan on doing what we're doing for now, then obviously something with too short a notice turned around yesterday. Could they not and, have looked at forecasts for areas? Like I mentioned Kansas City when you and I talked earlier. You just get on Google and there's looks pretty good for this weekend in the high 80s in Kansas City, and they're not playing. So was Kansas City, were, were, would the Royals have been... Um, I'm just trying cooperative to yeah. and in agreement that says, yes, we can get this stadium staffed. Or did they reach out to their contractor that handles all of those staffing issues and, and the contractor said, I just don't know that we can pull that together. Yeah. You have to have a willing participant. Major League Baseball just can't say, hey, the game's in Kansas City. Now, Kansas City, you guys figure this out. Right. Uh, it's got to get figured out. There are a lot of moving pieces. A lot of moving pieces. And, um, you know, I don't know what their options were. Regardless, if I was St. Louis and Chicago and Colorado, I would be bothered. Hey, listen, we were bothered when the Cubs had a rain out on a day that it didn't rain. We're bothered when the Cubs moved a day game to a night game, even though Milwaukee protested. And they'd never played a night game on a Friday night in its regular season history. We're bothered by those. Listen, in both of those cases, by the way, the Brewers went ahead and won the game that was in question. You know, they won the single game that was made up on a Thursday after the rainout, just before the All-Star break, and they swept the series in which the Cubs moved the game to a Friday night. So, in retrospect, being angry about those things, I don't know if it affected the way the team approached those days, but, shoot, as it sits now, um, you know, I blame the Cubs on the Jimmy Nelson shoulder injury. If that's a day game, John, mm-hmm. Jimmy Nelson is pitching the rest of the year. Yep, right. Exactly. If they had yeah. played that game during the they day, they play that game during yeah, the day like they always injured. do. Yeah. Jimmy Nelson wouldn't have gotten injured. No, no guarantee that the Brewers sweep the series, but Jimmy Nelson is taking his regular turn in the rotation. That's yeah. a day game; he doesn't get hurt. You know how that works. Guaranteed. Promised. Go ahead. Should we do the thing? Yeah, let's push. This is the big three at three. The top three trending sports stories this hour. Number three. Roy Butler, Sterling Sharp, Donald Driver, Mike Holmgren among the Packers there. um, uh, Among the 108 nominees for the 2018 Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mike, who deserves to be in? Well, I like Sterling Sharp. I, I, th- I think that Sharp belongs in the Hall of Fame. His numbers are enormous. You know, I get it. It's a short career. It's a career ended by injury. But it's, it's a fantastic career. Uh, re- some of those numbers at the end before he's done, they're ridiculous. I think Sterling Sharp belongs in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I also think Leroy Butler does. I think Butler was, along with Reggie White, he was... The best strong safety I think the Green Bay Packers have had. And his sack total, his interception total, his statistics add up. Those are the two I think belong in. Mike Holmgren maybe needed to win another Super Bowl. Right? I mean, he he gets to three and he's one and two, right? You get to one in Seattle, then they lose with the, as, as he was the head coach in Seattle. I might be making that up. You might have uh, that. I don't know. But obviously he goes to two back to back with Green Bay and Brett Favre. He wins the first, lost the second. Uh, his run in Green Bay was fantastic. His run in Seattle had a couple of moments. I got it. I got his numbers. Uh, 86 and 74 as a head coach, 541 winning percentage. And, uh, while with Seattle, Super Bowl lost to the Steelers. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that Mike Holmgren belongs in. I don't, I think, I don't think it was an extraordinary career. 
in that regard, I mean, Jerry Jones going in, he doesn't... Jerry Jones does not belong in the Hall of Fame. If you're going to put him in the Hall of Fame for making money for the National Football League, increasing owners' uh, take on the, the finances in the NFL, okay. I didn't think that the NFL Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was built around the business. Because he's not been a successful owner GM other than financially. You know, his early uh, Super Bowl stuff was with Jimmy Johnson. And then he got one with Barry Switzer. But that is more than a generation ago. And the Cowboys have not been good since. Not even close to sniffing a Super Bowl since. So, I don't know. We talk about these names. Uh, I would like to see Sterling Sharp in the Hall of Fame. I would like to see Leroy Butler in the Hall of Fame. Hopefully there's enough legs. I'm not so sure that there is. But I think they're both deserving. And Mike Holmgren, I think... Eventually, he may get in from a veterans committee standpoint, but but based on merits of his coaching career, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Number two. Number two in our big three at three, Mike. How hopeful should Brewers fans be about a playoff appearance this year? They won well, last night, and they're yeah. getting closer. Yeah. There's two ways to look at it, right? So uh, BaseballPerspectives.com does their playoff percentage chances, and the Brewers uh, are listed as of today as a 14 14.6% to win the division, 4.8% to get in as a wild card, which adds up to a total of 19.4%. So one in five. I, I think those numbers are fair. So a one in five chance, essentially, to get into the postseason. The Cardinals are just two-tenths of a percentage point higher. They are 19.6% likely to make the postseason. So there's that, but then if you look at the Major League Baseball standings on ESPN.com, the far right column gives you your playoff percentage chance. And there, the Brewers are 10.3%. That's the number, when you and I were talking off the air earlier today, that's the number that bugs me. And I know that they've got a mathematical formula in play. I think too many people are looking at that and say, yeah, it's a 1 in 10 chance. Are you kidding me? The Brewers are two and a half games out. In the National League Central, if the Cubs were to lose tonight, the Brewers will be two games out in the division race. With 16 it, to play for each team. Yeah. Yeah. And consider and, that there's four head-to-head. Four head-to-head and also, yeah. uh, after tonight, the Cubs will have 16 left. Is that what you said? They have 16 left. 11 of them will be against the Cardinals and the Brewers. 11 of their games remain against Milwaukee and St. Louis. Four against the Brewers, but seven against the Cardinals. And conversely, the Cardinals have the same storyline. They're winning today. I'll get you an update on that. I, every time I look at it, it bugs me. I hate to see the Cardinals winning. But, you know, they give them credit. 4-1, they're leading in the eighth inning. So they're going to win today. And that'll make the Cardinals have the exact same record as the Brewers. 77-69. and 69. So with that, you've got the 17 games, no, 16, 16 games remaining? Yep. 16 games remaining, and they also have 11 of those games, uh, or 10 of those games, against Milwaukee and Chicago. They got a three-game set with the Brewers to finish the season and seven against the Cubs. So this three-way race in the National League Central will play itself out based on head-to-head. Well, that's this is I think this is a good point because you look at what num- like if you just put out a number for the record that they that you think needs to win- happen for the division. You-
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Start to put the Brewers on an 11-5 track or 12-4 track the rest of the way to kind of really make you feel comfortable. But, okay, so help me out here. So basically, as a Brewers fan, you're hoping with success against the Cubs, obviously, but then don't you kind of need um, St. Louis and Chicago to to pretty much even that series out? Right, you don't want to swing one way or the other. A swing toward the Cubs would obviously yeah, make like, it harder for you to catch the Cubs than a like swing to toward see the Cardinals. Each, yeah, you'd yeah. like to see each of those teams win three and a half times. Well, <laughs> I know it's an odd number that they're playing, but right, you know, no, as I, close I as even as you can get. Yeah. So if if the Brewers, you know, I know that you love to do this. If the Brewers won eleven more times, they'd finish with eighty-eight wins. They'd have to go eleven and five to get to eighty-eight. They go ten and six to get to eighty seven. You just keep doing the math on down nine and seven gets them to eighty six wins. So it, it, I think eighty seven. You know, if you said right now, John, uh, I can get you to eighty seven wins. I think I'd take it. I don't know if that gets you in or not. Maybe even if the Cubs lose tonight, how many wins do they have right now? Is it seventy nine or eighty? What do the Cubs? The have? Cubs have seventy nine. Seventy nine. So so if they lost tonight, you would force them to go eight and eight. To tie you, right? If, but if it you depends took that on who you, it depends on who you beat. You know, I mean, if the right, Brewers, right, right, right. if the Brewers go ahead and sweep, you know, Miami, and then they sweep in Pittsburgh, so that means that they would have won uh, eight straight games. That would get them six more from where they are now. That get them to eighty three. But then in the four game series against the Cubs, they lose all four or three of the four. That you know, that's not going to get it done. You, you're going to have to be pretty darn good the rest of the way. I, you know, maybe. I don't know if 87 would get you in. So if, if I upped that one and said, hey, if I had to pick the number, 87 I think might get you into playoff. Maybe for the wild card. 88, I think you'd be in the playoffs if you got to 88 wins. You'd have to go 11 and 5. 11 and 5, though. Yeah, Once seven start, of those are against the Cardinals. Once you start doing that math, 11 uh, and 5. Cardinals and Cubs. Yeah, yeah that, that seems, I don't know, to me that seems... Okay, like but then look at it this way. For the stars uh, there. Like, are, well, are you? I mean, right now they've won um, five of six, right? They had a sweep, and then they won two out of three. So they've won five of their last six. Why is it too far fetched to think that you know that every everything's on a table right now? So you have I, to I think go they do get a tremendous six, advantage. And, Sixteen and six, then down the stretch, if you count what's happened. Well, yeah, if you count that, but I do think they get a tremendous advantage. They got a very good break. In getting the three games against well, Miami, let's talk at home. about that. Number one. All right, so this is a Twitter poll question, right? I think I saw you sneak a Twitter poll question in there. John, it's a tradition unlike any other. All if right. you were the Cubs, Cardinals, or Rockies, how would you feel about the three additional home games for the Brewers against Miami? I gave you three choices, John. I want you to vote on it as I give you these choices. Already voted. No worries. Yep. No advantage. Or unfair advantage, but whatever. 
or not fair? MLB ridiculous. Which would you vote for? Well, that's pretty extreme with the MLB ridiculous. It, it implies that Major League Baseball like, had a choice and decided that this is the best option. Um, like, I think it's probably unfair advantage, whatever. That's what I voted for. No worries, no advantage doesn't make any sense because, of course, it's an advantage. But not fair, MLB ridiculous. Like, that's implying that Major League Baseball had a better option and then decided, nope, I, th- I like the Brewers one, even though this what, is a better what do you option. Think, what do you think the voting would be if I flipped this around and it was the Cubs that got three extra home games? Oh, not fair. How, how would the MLB, Brewers Major feel? League Baseball ridiculous. Not fair, MLB yeah. ridiculous. Oh, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm not going to ignore the idea if the roles were reversed. This is a significant competitive advantage that the Brewers will play three games in Milwaukee that were supposed to be played in Miami. And I get it. I, this is a We're talking about a natural disaster of a, a scale that we just really haven't seen in this country before or close to it with what Irma did. So I'm fully, this, is, this is not to put that tragedy on the back burner, but if the roles were reversed... Our Brewers fan nation would have voted about 90% not fair, MLB ridiculous, if these games were in Chicago for the Cubs against Miami as opposed to the Cubs going to Miami. And part of that, too, and I think it'd still be a high percentage if something else didn't happen earlier in the season, but part of that, too, would be they they got their game changed tonight and they had the rainout game, and then you'd yeah. add this on top of right. this, and everyone would be like, come on, what are we doing Oh, here? sure, right. Um, by the way, did you see our boy Drew Olson? The Cubs tweeted at him. If you don't know this story, yesterday he tweeted breaking at Brewers will host at Marlins this weekend due to Hurricane Irma. Cue complaints from at Cubs, at Cardinals, and at Rockies in 3-2-1. And the Cubs responded to him and said, we don't really care. We just need to win our games. Thanks for tagging us, though. Well, that part is true. Doesn't that That signify? I think Armin said it on the Drew Olsen show earlier today. That signifies, well, you must care. You care enough to respond to it. Well, let me ask you this question. Let's hypothetical. John, you like hypotheticals, don't you? Yes. I'll give you a hypothetical when we come back from a commercial break and let you uh, weigh in on that hypothetical because John loves nothing more than pretending. My favorite was when we pretended we were girls. Yeah, that was an interesting show. All right, I'll give you the hypothetical and let you weigh in on that. Like if you want to jump in, 877 1070 877-729-1070. Welcome aboard on this Thursday afternoon. This is the Mike Heller Show. Back with you on the Mike Heller Show, rolling through a Thursday afternoon. Bill Huber, PackerReport.com, will join us in a bit. We're also going to talk with Brian Ziegler of Badger Honor Flight in this hour of the program. Uh, Brewers are keeping an eye on Major League action today. The Brewers won't play, but the St. Louis Cardinals are going to put all doubt about that scoreboard watching out of uh, out of reason. Bottom of the eighth, they lead the Cincinnati Reds 5-1. to one. But I will tell you this, good news, Arizona five-spot against the Colorado Rockies. They're in the middle of the second inning in Arizona, and the Diamondbacks put five up in the first to lead Colorado 5 nothing. So why is that impactful? Well, if you check the wild-card standings, and if 
Colorado doesn't rally, and there's plenty of time for them to rally. But let's say they don't. The Brewers would be two and a half back of the Rockies, just two in the loss column if the Rockies were to lose today. In the National League Central Division race, the Brewers, depending on the outcome, they'll have the same record as the Cardinals. The Brewers and the Cardinals will both be 77-69, and 69, and that, uh, for the moment, would be two and a half games back of the Cubs, pending the Cubs-Mets outcome tonight at Wrigley. Then it gets really interesting as we run through the weekend, because the Cardinals will be at Chicago for three. In other words, the Cubs will be home with the Cardinals for three. And the Brewers will be at the Marlins at Miller Park in Milwaukee for three. It is a distinct advantage. And here's the hypothetical I wanted to throw at you, John Audius. The hypothetical is this. Let's say the Brewers win the division by a game over the Chicago Cubs. And part of that win of the division, winning by one game, is that they sweep the weekend series against the Miami Marlins. You know, if you're the Cubs, you have to blame yourself because they've got the lead and they would have let it slip away. But if it if it happens by a game, you know, they're always going to look back and say, well, look at that. With that hypothetical, if it played out that way, would the Cubs still say, well, it was really on us. They didn't get an advantage you know because what? they would have, right? I, um, I think they would be upset, but I still think most reasonable reasonable fans would say, listen, we had we were up two two and a half games with sixteen to play. We had a, that four games against them. We underachieved in the first half. Does it help that series? No. Was it the difference? Maybe it was the difference when we got swept back in early September. You know, I, I think most yeah, reasonable yeah, fans I, would say it doesn't help. Mm. I'm not happy with it, but there are a number of things that you could go look back throughout the course of a season and say, if we had done that, then we wouldn't sure. even be talking yep. about this. Yep. I get it. I get it. I just but Cubs fans, they're love... not reasonable, Mike. Well, most fan bases aren't. Just kidding. But you know, it's mm-hmm. it's those who don't have a horse in the race that can be reasonable about viewing it, but Brewers fans wouldn't be reasonable. Cubs fans wouldn't be reasonable. Cardinals fans wouldn't be reasonable because you have a vested interest. You kinda lose your perspective when you I'm a, I'm gonna explain being a fan, John. Okay. You want you want me to go into deeper details? Yeah. No, I'm not. Going oh, okay. To. Hey, a couple tweets, and we got a phone call too. Uh, and then I know we got to take this break. Uh, Dan tweeted at John Audius Radio Cubs saying they don't care to that Drew Olson tweet. Uh, it's like when the missus says she doesn't care if you go with the boys versus yeah, the date. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, that's that's fine. Cubs. Of course you'd care. Of course you care. You ever Cubs. get the, You ever get that? The, does Reagan ever say? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, seri- say John. I'm, yeah, John yeah. says I want to. I'm going to go golfing on Saturday. Like, are you? And she says that's fine. Yeah, and I'm like, are you are you sure? Are you totally? If it's okay, if it's not, just tell me the truth. I just want the truth. Uh, another no, tweet in at John Audius Radio. That's fine. Okay, thanks. I'll see you. I'll see you in seven hours. Yeah, um, that'll be fine. Okay, great. Bye. Garage door opens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another tweet in at John Audius Radio. He says, "I see the Cubs winning ten more. Can't see the Brewers winning thirteen. So he has the Cubs at eighty nine wins. Yeah, that's." You know, in order to do that, they're going to have to handle the Cardinals pretty well, and they're going to have to handle the four with Milwaukee pretty well. Uh, quick call. I mean, eleven of their sixteen uh, after tonight. Eleven of their sixteen are Cardinals and and Brewers, so they'd have to be pretty good there. Quick call. Adam calling from Stevens Point. He called the Mike Keller Hi. show. Hi, Adam. How are you? Hello, guys. Uh, hey, you can hear me okay, right? You bet. Okay. Uh, just to comment uh, on the uh, when you guys were talking about the Marlins coming up here. Milwaukee and uh, how that affects 
you know, uh, ML, how would MLB treat any other team, you know, whatever. Um, I, I believe it's not a big deal. If, if Chicago had to, if they had the hurricane per se, and they had to come up to Milwaukee, you know, then it, you could, you could argue the fact. But the fact is, is I don't think home field advantage has as much, uh, to do with, you know, as, as we think. You still got to get out there. You got to play the game. Uh, Brewers have been known to lose to the Reds and they've been known to beat the Cubs. So, I mean, go figure. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think home field advantage, I don't think the Marlins coming up here, the Brewers could lose all three of them. Uh, well, could- let, me, let, me give you, let me give you an example as to why I think you're wrong. Uh, the Cubs are 10 games over 500 at home, three games over 500 on the road. The Brewers are eight games over 500 at home and 500 on the road. The Cardinals are nine games over 500 at home, two games under 500 on the road. And if you want to take it down to Miami, they're one game over 500 at home. They're 10 games under 500 on the road. So numbers would argue against that logic that there's not much uh, or hardly any advantage. Uh, Home field does make a significant difference. Teams in Major League Baseball have a far better record on their home field than they have when they play on the road. And it's not just because they get the last bats. It's because they're at home. We'll uh, visit with Bill Huber, HackerReport.com, our Green and Gold Insider. Green Bay is on the road. They will play in Atlanta on Sunday night. We'll get the latest from Bill Huber. Our Green and Gold Insider is coming up next on the Mike Heller Show. So back in with you on the Mike Keller Show. I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah today on this uh, Thursday afternoon in advance of Wisconsin's game against BYU in Provo, about 45 minutes to an hour's drive from Salt Lake City. Coming up this Saturday, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Kick time is set for 2.30. Certainly the most significant non-conference test for Wisconsin. Then they get a bye week before Northwestern comes to town. And I think the biggest game of the early conference season, the week after that, when Wisconsin goes to Nebraska. So we'll get all of that uh, coming up. And there's NFL tonight. The National Football League returns on a Thursday night game. Houston very shorthanded and getting more bad news with the uh, with the with the loss of Brian Cushing. So uh, he is out for ten games. Won't return till the end of November on a second PED suspension. Ten games. We welcome in Bill Huber, Packer Report, uh, joining us on the Mike Heller Show and. Uh, Bill, as we jump into this conversation, let me just ask you about that. I know that you know Green Bay's had a couple of PED issues. How is that viewed when uh, when Green Bay's had a couple of the PED suspensions? Um, can you tell in the locker room if there's a player disappointment in that player, or if it's just part of uh, the uh, the risks of doing business? Yeah, I think it's the latter. Um... I don't know how to. I don't know how to answer this delicately. I don't. You know, we we don't know. We don't know who does what. You know. I mean, just because you know player A got caught doing something doesn't mean player B, C, and D weren't doing something. You know. I, I right. Yeah. That that's the. Yeah, I don't know. I it's. I would love to know how many people are doing something. 
and how many people are just stupid enough to get caught doing something. Yeah, and I, I think from a fan's perspective, because I'm a fan of the game, I, I look at it this way. In the NFL, I'm not bothered by it because, you know, my I'm a little cynical in this part of the conversation, but I think it's part and parcel to being a player in the NFL. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You need to get really big. You need to be really strong. And in order to do that, sometimes you need help. And uh, I think the, the perfectly natural player in the NFL is uh, maybe, in my opinion, less common than those who have used some substances maybe they're not supposed to. Yeah, that's probably true. The only thing I'd say on that is you just wish that everybody, if that's the case, you wish that everybody was playing by the same rules. So the player A doesn't feel he wants to do things the right way and gets beat by a player B who's cheating his you-know-what off. So, you know, But, yeah, I, I tend to agree with, with what you're saying, though, that there's probably, probably more than anybody thinks. Bill, as we uh, as we inch closer to Sunday night in Atlanta, what do we know from an update on the injury standpoint from Brian Bulaga? Uh, we know nothing about Bulaga other than he came in here today and was sent home with flu-like symptoms, is what McCarthy called them. I mean, McCarthy said they haven't checked on his ankle since either Monday or Tuesday, and basically the only health update he gave on Bulaga was he looked dehydrated. You know, typical flu stuff. So I know nothing. I would I would be surprised if players, sure. but who knows. What uh, what do you? Bakhtiari, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go. No, well, you can go ahead. Finish on uh, some injury stuff. Yeah, um, Ahmad Brooks um, in the practice with the concussion, although he was on the field at least. I always think that's probably a good sign. And David Bakhtiari, um, after doing the splits against Seattle, he practiced again today. What is what's the biggest difference as you have kind of viewed this game? What's the biggest difference on the Atlanta side from the team that Green Bay saw in the NFC Championship to the one they'll see Sunday night? Yeah, the defense is better. Um, and you saw it in the championship game, even compared to week eight or whatever it was, but they started four rookies on defense. Four. So, um, you know, McCarthy always sucks with that year two jump, and, it, you know, it's, it's not a Green Bay thing. It's, it's a universal thing. So a defense switch became pretty darn good. Some of the last year is a lot more experience. And they didn't have Desmond Chufant, the number one corner for that game, with a torn pectoral. He's back. So they are better in the secondary and just better in general through experience. Bill, we're going to talk a lot differently about the Green Bay Packers in December, and that's true in all 32 NFL markets. The way they view their team is much different in December than it is in September. That being said, and with that understanding, how much do you take into this matchup with Atlanta, who is, along with Seattle, one of the other leads in the NFC for favorites to go to the Super Bowl? What, What does this game then mean in the matchup, even though it's in September? Yeah, we'll all overreact, and I will raise my hand of being the front of the line. I'll be the guy overreacting, win or lose. You know, is the secondary 
healed because of Devon House or is it bad? Nonetheless, but whatever happens, just go back to last year when Green Bay's offense was god-awful for half of a year, and then look what happened. You're right. It's, it's, it's a slow-building thing, and the Packers, probably like most teams, they spend all of preseason, they spend all the training camp trying to get the young guys ready because they know those young guys are going to have to play. And it's at the and it comes at the expense of your veteran guys who need to play in big games like this. And you know, are the Packers ready? Or are the Falcons ready? Because I don't I don't think the Falcons played a whole lot either in the preseason. So yeah, you're right. It's we'll all overreact. Um, I, I think you want to see Green Bay secondary play well. But yeah, it's going to be a vastly different group. And, you know, look at Kevin. Kevin King's not going to start this week, but he might be starting in January to play again. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the important one of the important factors when you talk about these setups is um, is to remember that the team that we're going to talk about when it gets to the playoffs will only vaguely resemble the team in September. Remember last year, you know, the team that we talked about in September, even though they got off to a good start, wins and losses wise. Aaron Rodgers wasn't very sharp. The team didn't look very good, and they were a far different team by the time they got to the postseason. That's that slow building thing. God, that, I mean, and that's even a week two thing. I mean, gosh, I remember writing, you know, week six or whatever that Rodgers was like last in the league in completion percentage, and we're, and we're all upset. What what in the heck is wrong? And is it time for heads to roll? I mean, I hell, even I put that out there, and I try to be as even tempered as I can when I write. But I mean, even I questioned whether it was time to start moving on, and and, and what a fool I was, right? So, yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it's the way it is. Yeah, we certainly do get caught up in the moments. Uh, final thought here: What is it that you expect to see? What do you think you're going to be writing about the late Sunday night, early Monday morning? I think I will try to write exactly what we talked about. I, I, I would think Atlanta's probably going to win. I mean, the emotions of everything, and I mean, they're just a damn good football team. But you know, let, let's give these let's give these guys some time on, on defense, and I I still think at some point you got to put Kevin King out there. Maybe not now. Maybe this is not the game for. But I think there might be better in the long run once he plays. Yeah, I, I think. I think it's this is round one of what could be a two round battle between these teams. I Very good. Hey, Bill, I always appreciate it. Look forward to it. We'll talk to you at the beginning of next week. Sounds good. Take care, guys. Bill Huber, PackerReport.com. You can read all of his stuff. PackerReport.com. Great site to go for it. And his time on the program brought to you by Broadway Tire and Auto in Minota, Northeast Madison and Sun Prairie Tires and Auto Repair done with care so the packers and the falcons on sunday night in lambeau field here i have a suggestion for you on saturday night uh I, i'm going to be coming home late from uh at, did i say at lambeau in uh at mercedes-benz stadium in or in atlanta unless they moved it to orlando it's in atlanta on sunday night now saturday night i'm going to be coming home too late to be part of this because our, our charter Back from Provo, Utah, um, won't arrive back in Madison until sometime shortly after midnight. But earlier Saturday night at the Dane County Regional Airport, Brian Ziegler and his crew on Badger Honor Flight will be arriving back in Madison from what is a fantastic and a full long day of taking these World War II Vietnam Korean uh, veterans, uh, 88 of them total, to Washington, D.C. with Badger Honor Flight. They arrived back at about, uh, what is it, uh, Brian, somewhere in the vicinity of 8 o'clock on, fr- on Saturday night? Actually, the plane's scheduled to get in at 9.15. We encourage folks to get there about 8 o'clock because it will be a packed house as always. It is uh, one of the great non-sporting events that I have ever been to in my life from an emotional standpoint, Brian. Uh, give us a little, a little lay of the land of what happens Saturday evening 
when the veterans arrive home and what the airport is like? Well, the first thing that will happen is that we'll make it, uh, the band's going to make an announcement that the plane has arrived. Shortly thereafter, uh, we'll start our parade. Uh, we get a color guard that's going to escort our veterans down from one end of the airport all the way down to baggage claim. And um, there will be people cheering, music's playing, fans um, or folks in the crowd with signs, kissing our veterans, shaking their hands, thanking them for their service. It's a very, very festive atmosphere. And they do it one by one, Brian. So, so it takes a while, but it doesn't seem like it lasts long. Uh, but they do it one by one. So each of these veterans gets their own, uh, almost their own private walk down. And you can see, uh, I get emotional just thinking about it. You can see the families and the people when they see their veteran walking down that parade route. I mean, there are tears of joy. It is a fantastic moment. Exactly. And you're right. We do give every veteran their, their, their show. And when you think about it, this welcome home is so long overdue, not only just for our World War II veterans, but when you think about it, these Vietnam veterans that are on our trip never got this. This is, this is long overdue, and it's the least we can do is give them the attention they deserve. And on this one, for this flight, the Dodge County All-American Appreciation Flight, tell me what, what, the, what those folks in Beaver Dam and, and Dodge County did to, to help fund this. Over $200,000 since 2010 to get veterans. I know that that is, along with SOC and so many other fundraising entities that have gone uh, about this, it's fantastic. You're exactly right. And what they've done is that they've, just hit small fundraisers. Uh, every year they have an event up at John's Bar. That thing brings in about $10,000 from raffles and brought sales. They uh, have a golf outing up there. They, they did a hangar dance. They've done uh, poker runs with motorcycle rides. They have embraced Badger Honor Flight and have gotten the Dodge County communities thoroughly behind us, and uh, they, they support us as, as the number you just stated. Brian, we've got about 30 seconds left, and I want you to, to, to tell our listeners how they can get their veteran on one of these honor flights, because it's really incumbent upon the families to take the first step to get your veteran on an honor flight. Go to badgerhonorflight.org, go to Applications, download a veteran application, the address is on there, send it in, we'll send you back a postcard acknowledging that you're on our waiting list, and hopefully we'll call you in the very near future to go on a flight. Fantastic. There are two more yet to go, this one and then one a little bit later on in September? October 7th will be our October last 7th. flight of this year. Very good. Brian, uh, fantastic work you do. Uh, I'm proud to call you a friend for what you do with our veterans and appreciate it very much. Enjoy Saturday. It's spectacular. Thank you very much, Mike. Brian Ziegler, Badger Honor Flight. Go to badgerhonorflight.org for more information. We'll get you up to date on what's going on in the pennant races. Scoreboard watching this afternoon as we continue next on The Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Yeah, 
Now, here's Mike Keller. I will get high. Back and with you on the Mike Heller Show on this Thursday afternoon. I come to you today from Salt Lake City, Utah, where 48 hours from now, Wisconsin will take on Brigham Young. It's actually about 45 minutes from here in Provo, Utah. Coming up on Saturday afternoon, I'm out a bit early getting ready for this one. Also having a chance to visit with my daughter and granddaughter who live here in Salt Lake City. So we welcome you aboard on this Thursday afternoon. A quick update on what's going on in the baseball pennant races. The Cardinals have already won a day game today against the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds who uh, dumped the Brewers three straight a week ago, doing the Brewers no favors really in the series against uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, or certainly not today. St. Louis wins it 5-2. to two. Also an update on the uh, Rockies game as that continues uh, as they are hosting, or rather the Rockies are at Arizona. It's 6 nothing Diamondbacks in the bottom of the fourth inning. So here's then the update. The update with the Cardinals winning today, they have pulled in to a dead-even tie with the Milwaukee Brewers. Both are 77-69, and and that's two and a half games back of the Chicago Cubs, who will be home with the New York Metropolitans tonight at Wrigley Field. So as we sit in the moment, the Brewers and Cardinals, both two and a half back of the Cubs, they could be three back or two back at the end of play today. As far as the wild card race is concerned, if the Rockies don't rally and come from behind against the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Brewers and Cardinals will both pick up ground today. The Cardinals will pick up a full game. The Brewers will pick up a half a game. And if that is the case, when the day comes to a close, they'll both be two and a half games back of the Rockies in the wild card. So those storylines continue to develop. There is continued talk, although I haven't seen much of it nationally, on the Brewers playing home games with the Miami Marlins. The Brewers were scheduled to be in Miami. Today's an off day, but scheduled to be in Miami to begin a three-game set uh, with the Marlins tomorrow night. The Marlins are 68-77, and 77, but due to the effects of Hurricane Irma, not so much about stadium issues, but about staffing issues. Miami didn't feel comfortable being host to this weekend series, so it got moved. And it could have been moved to other places, I suppose, although with very short notice, I don't know how viable that was. Uh, the, the, there was a series, I think, that was just played at City Field in New York, The Yankees were home against the Tampa Bay Rays. I believe I'm correct on that. And that series was moved to Citi Field in New York. That's certainly a home field advantage for the New York Yankees, who are fighting to hold off uh, the rallies of wild card teams in the American League East, or the American League, and certainly fighting to hold on to an opportunity in the American League East in which they trail the Red Sox by three games. So the Yankees got essentially an unfair advantage playing in New York City, but they were playing at the Mets' home stadium rather than their own. So what were the options for the Brewers? I suppose, you know, over the weekend they could have moved this to um, to Comiskey Park on Chicago's south side if the White Sox weren't at home. I'm just trying to check the schedule to see the White Sox are in Detroit. So it could have been moved, you know, to the south side of Chicago. But instead, you know, they take advantage of the Dome and move it to Milwaukee. I do think it's a bit of an unfair advantage where Milwaukee is concerned. Not complaining about that, but I could understand how others would. We'll have some more of that discussion 
as we work through this 4 o'clock hour of the program. I'm Mike Heller. That that guy right there, that's John Audius. John's going to be bolting early, but he's there for now. Hi, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? What is up? Um, Not much. Okay. Let's let's just go ahead. Go ahead. This is the Big Four at four. The top four trending sports stories this hour. Number four. Number four in a Big Four at four. Stealing it from the Drew Olson show because I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, Coach K of Duke was named the most powerful person in college basketball. A poll by basketball head coaches naming Coach K that. Um, but the question that Drew was asking on his show that I'm stealing for our show, what are your top three most powerful people in the state of Wisconsin sports scene? Um, well, I, I, would, I don't know if I will put them in order. Uh, okay. because hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But I would have Mark Murphy on there, mm. president of the Green Bay Packers. I think, you know, from a decision-making standpoint, Aaron Rodgers doesn't make decisions, so he's not a powerful force here. He's, he's a powerful player. But when I think of decision-makers, powerful, influential I don't think of Aaron Rodgers. Well, okay. I think of that's the way Mark you're going to take it. That's fine. That's why you can take it any way you want. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And then I would think of Barry Alvarez. Uh, those would be two. Um, I don't think he's as powerful, influential anymore. But Bud Selig certainly would have been on that list. Oh yeah, I bet. Um, who would my third? Well, Barry's got to be on it. I, I like the idea of Aaron Rodgers being on that list. Not not how as is, far as making he, business decisions, but yeah. Just, but how is he influential? When we talk about power brokers, what power does he yield? The most powerful person. He's the most popular athlete in the popular. state. Yeah, yeah. He. I don't know. Well, what's how do you define power? I don't know. Did our dairy intake go down when Rogers uh, bolted from eating dairy products? I mean, was he influential there? Did he influence others? Oh yeah, I think I'm not going to eat dairy either. Um, do more of us do yoga? Uh, have more of us dated Olivia Munn? So you're saying <laughs> his endorsement? <laughs> is that a fair is, so he's a bad endorser, is what you're telling me? No, that no, people no, no. Shouldn't well, what are you talking put their about? Products with hey, him. hey, hey! That's hey. what you just told me. You said Aaron Rodgers does these I... things. And look, no. no one else does them, so he doesn't have influence as far as an endorsement. So, do you think he's uh, he's uh, some powerful power there, from right? uh, endorsement? Powerful from State Farm discount double check for sure. Is that more or less influential than let's say J.J. Watt with American Family Insurance or Steve Stricker? I mean, there now you got competing brands. Hmm. Hmm. Now we've made it a little interesting. Here's what I'll say. I'll, I'll go uh, the three most influential. Mark Murphy, Barry Alvarez, Mark Atanasio. And I'll leave the Bucks uh, uh, on that next next level with Lazary and Edens as far as their their powerful nature. Look, at they, they, they pushed the stadium through in downtown Milwaukee. You know, Mark Murphy has been, you know, primarily responsible for, uh, you know, the Titletown district. They, those are... Big Nadas, sports savvy driven. Not not talking about on the field, 
But, you know, there's nobody more influential than Barry Alvarez where college athletics in the state is concerned. So those would be the three I'll take. And I'll leave Aaron Rodgers on the outside looking in. Number three. Number three in our big floor at four. How about this? Uh, Leroy Butler, Sterling Sharp, Donald Driver, and Mike Holmgren are four Packers or former Packers players slash coaches that are among the 108 modern era nominees for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2018. Who should get in? Well, okay, so this is a different conversation. Who should get in, who will get in? I don't know if any of them get in. Which is too bad, because I really think of those, the two that absolutely belong are Sterling Sharp and Leroy Butler. I don't know if they'll get there. I don't think Donald Driver will get there. And I don't know that Mike Holmgren will get there unless it happens much later, and that is uh, you know, on the Veterans Committee side of things. But, you know, Donald Driver has what was his career numbers. Um, Over 10,000 receiving yards tops among Packers players. That's the that's the one thing that sticks out. I think he had like 60-some touchdowns. 61 touchdown passes in his career, 10,000 yeah. receiving yards. How did those stack up with, what did you just, what, why are you laughing at I me? mean, it's underrated. He had 61 touchdown passes. You don't think of Donald Driver as a guy who could throw the touch, uh, you know, throw the football. Well, touchdown reception. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, that's better. Okay, um, I don't know how that stacks up with other wide receivers that are that have been voted into the hall. Sixty-one career touchdown receptions, uh, ten thousand one hundred yards, seven hundred and forty-three receptions. I don't know how those numbers. There's no season in there where you look at it and you go, "Oh my goodness!" But Sterling Sharp, you do. Sterling Sharp, uh, uh, it's a uh, a shooting star career because of the injury, but Sterling Sharp's career numbers are outstanding. Um, I I just think when you look at Sharp, and, and and I think it changes. I think it changes my perception when a career has ended because of an injury. It wasn't as though he just walked, but but Sterling Sharp, my goodness, some of those numbers are extraordinary. He he has years that he has. Uh, he had 18 touchdowns in his final year. Yeah, he led the he league. Had 18 touchdowns. Led the league in uh, touchdown catches two times, I think. Receptions three times. Yards one time. He had two seasons of 100 or more catches. I think Sharp belongs in the Hall of Fame. And I also think Leroy Butler belongs there. I don't believe that Driver does. And I know some people, you know, listen, I love Donald Driver, but I'm going to take my affinity for Donald Driver out of the equation and say I don't think his numbers warrant Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't think Mike Holmgren's numbers warrant Pro Football Hall of Fame. I do think Leroy Butler and Sterling Sharps do. And so I, I would say those two belong. I still have my doubts that either one of them will get there, which is too bad. Number two. All right, number two in our big floor at floor uh so mike how hopeful should brewers fans be about making the playoffs because we've seen some statistics where as low as a 10 percent chance of making the postseason but there's something we're also missing here when you take a look at games remaining and opponents remaining right yeah i like baseball prospectus view of it the brewers have a 19.4 percent chance Uh, the cardinals had 19.6 before their win today now the Brewers and Cardinals have identical 77 and 69 records. So the Cubs have a 74% chance. 
chance. Almost, well, just under 75, 74.7, courtesy of Baseball Perspectives. But here's something that I think is interesting to play into this. Now, the Cardinals have 16 games remaining, same as the Brewers. Uh, the Cubs will play, play the Mets tonight, then they'll have 16 games. Of the Cardinals' 16 games that remain, 10 of them are against the Cubs, 6, or 7, rather, and the Brewers, 3. For the Cubs after tonight, they'll have 16 games remaining. And 11 of them are against the Cubs and the Brewers, or the, the Cardinals and the Brewers. They'll play the Cardinals seven times and the Brewers four times. And seven of those 11 are on the road. So I, I think, you know, if you're a Cubs fan, I think what you're looking at right now is knowing that this is what remains for the Chicago Cubs, the game tonight with the Mets, then three at home with the Cardinals, two at Tampa Bay, four at the Brewers, four at the Cardinals. They will have a 10-game road trip after this series with the Cards. Tonight's game of the Mets, the series of the Cards, then a 10-game road trip. If the Cubs can get to the final weekend at the top of the division, they'll win it. They're home with the Reds to finish. However, that 10-game road trip that is preceded by the three with the Cardinals at home, for the Cubs, this is much more nervous than it should be. If I'm a Cubs fan, even though they've played very good baseball, I'm a little more anxious than I wanted to be going into the final run. For them, if they survive it and they get to the postseason, that is a good omen because they'll be playing meaningful baseball from here on out in significant series, and I think that makes you more playoff ready. Although it didn't matter last year when they won 119 games and then you know, were able to survive the playoffs and beat the Cleveland Indians for the World Series. The key here, I think, is that we forget, because I, I look at this and I see, okay, if you can win 11 more times, it'll put you at X amount of wins, and that would force the other team to have to go this record. And you can do that, but I think what sometimes what we miss there is, like, we, you know, how many games left between the Cardinals and the Cubs and the Brewers and the Cubs, and that all has to be factored in. So best-case scenario, you kind of want the Cubs and Cardinals to pretty much even that series out, right? Yeah, you don't want either of these teams to dominate. You don't want the Cubs to go 6-1 and one in their seven games against St. Louis, or vice versa. Right, because then it makes it harder to chase down the Cubs, but then you also want them to lose. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes, Mike, have you ever had this situation in fantasy football where you may have uh, a, a defense going against your team, and you're like, I want that defense to do well, but not good enough because I want my, my real team that I cheer for to win. Right? So it's yeah, kinda, that's the dilemma of yeah, fantasy sports. It's fantasy sports. So it's kind of like that in this respect. I mean, you, you, want, you don't want one team to dominate either way because then if the Cardinals dominate, well, then now you got to start chasing the Cardinals, and they're winning. And if the Cubs dominate, well, now it's harder to chase the Cubs. So you want those two to kind of even out as best they can. Yeah, and just think of it. This is how you want to think of it, John. This is how you view these things. If the Cubs go 10-7, and seven, in their 17 remaining, including the Mets tonight. Game the Cubs over. go 10 and 7. They'll they'll get to 89 wins. The Brewers would have to go 12 and 4 to tie that. Yeah. That's game over if they go 10 and 7. If the Cubs go 9 and 8. How about you have them losing what That the, gets them to 88 wins and the Brewers would have to go 11 and 5 to equal them. How about if they go What if the Brewers take 3 of 4? Right? So that would put the Brewers at 80 wins. <laughs> three, three of four from the Cubs? From the Cubs. Okay, you're going to skip those other series? Well, that... well, well, what do you mean? Well, they don't just... I mean, the 
They don't play the Cubs. They have two. Ser- they have six games before they play the Cubs. Yeah, I'm just saying overall, if you can take three or four versus the Cubs. Right, you that, pick up a game. When you win three or four, you pick up a game. That's all you pick up? Well, that's better than not winning three or four. But you pick up two. My bad. Sorry, yeah, you pick I was up say, two. What? Okay. Excuse me. Yeah, that's fine. So if you did that, that would put you at 80 wins with uh, 12 other games remaining. And that would pretty much, you know, even it up as far as the race, right? Then I don't know yeah. what, whatever happens in those was, other games. I, I would I would like your thinking if the Cubs series was next. Right. Uh, the, they're going to play the Cardinals and Cubs will meet three times between that. So the Cubs, as they go, they got the Cardinals. They got the Mets game tonight, the Cardinals for three, and then at Tampa for two before they come to Milwaukee. The Brewers have the three against Miami, which are in Milwaukee, and then they'll travel to Pittsburgh for three. So six games remain for the Brewers between now and then, and six essentially, you know, for the Cubs, they've got uh, tonight, and then three against the Cardinals and two at Tampa. So, shoot, uh, as I see it, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think the Cubs have another. I'm looking, trying to figure out if they have an off day remaining. I'm not sure that they do. Maybe I guess they do have one off day remaining. Every team has one more off day. The Brewers have one today, and then one again next Thursday. Um, so. And then, and then that's it. Uh, you sprint into the finish. You know what the cool thing about this is? We talked about it all May, June, and July, John. Is that if you're talking about the Brewers in September, that's a great thing. So we're living in a great thing right now. Uh, I look at the, the calendar. It's September the 14th, and the Brewers are significant. That is awesome. That's more than in April any of us could have hoped for. Number one. All right, tradition unlike any other, a Mike Heller show Twitter poll question at Heller Sports on Twitter. If you're the Cubs, Cardinals, or Rockies, how would you feel about the three additional home games for the Brewers against Miami, even though they are the road team, but they're playing at home? 59% think it's unfair advantage, but whatevs. 26%, no worries, there's no advantage. And 14% say, not fair, MLB ridiculous. If you're the 26% that voted, if, if, and I said, I phrased this, if you're a Cubs, Cardinals, or Rockies, right. from that how would you feel about from that this? Perspective, yeah. The 27% that said no worries, no advantage, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There are worries, and there is an advantage. Now, they might look at it and say, listen, uh, if I'm a Cubs fan, I'm not worried about the Brewers. We'll be fine. Let's hypothetical this. If the Brewers sweep Miami in the series in Milwaukee, Will those fans still be saying, yeah, no advantage? And and here, can I just take this, because we had a caller earlier on this, John. If you think there's no advantage, you're ridiculous. The Chicago Cubs are 10 games over 500 at home and just three games over 500 on the road. The Brewers are eight games over 500 at home and even on the road. The Cardinals are 10 games over 500 at home and two games under on the road. By the way, the Miami Marlins, who the Brewers will entertain, Miami is one game above 500 at home and 10 games under on the road. There is a distinct advantage to playing games at home, and it's not just because you get the last three outs. It's about comfort level. It's about a team built to play in that stadium, take advantage of that stadium's setup. It is. There are a lot of things about playing at home, not just the crowd noise, although that can factor into it as well. There will be about 23,000 per game for each of the Brewers games against the Miami Marlins this weekend. And there won't be Miami fans mixed in there. <laughs> they don't travel. So it is, a, it is a partisan fan base, 
and the Brewers have been significantly better at home than on the road. Yeah, I mean, it is an unfair advantage from that perspective, for sure. I mean, I like that if you flipped it around and the Cubs got three more home games, you, that's, yeah, that, you, that's all we would be talking about today. Like, nonstop. Yeah, you know what? My, my Twitter poll would have flipped around if I said not fair, MLB slash ridiculous. That would have been the leading vote-getter. If we reverse this, the Cubs don't go to Miami. Instead, Miami goes to Chicago. We'd have been living on the ridiculous side of this argument. Over 80, so I'm not 85, ignore that. 90% probably. Yeah, I'm that. not going to yeah. ignore that because that would be our reaction to the Cubs getting that advantage. But here's, this is a distinct advantage. But here's the thing. like I would think a reasonable baseball fan, like a Cubs fan, if they lose the division and the Brewers sweep these games you put at home. Re- well, hold on. You put reasonable baseball fan and Cubs fan in the I, same I sentence. I did. I think there probably are a few of them out there. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think if, if the Brewers sweep the Marlins, Cubs lose the division by one, will you feel, I mean, you'll still feel like that was unfair and you'll look at it and you'll go, well, come on. We had to overcome this. But overall, you'd say, yeah, but we got swept in September. And then those four games after mid-September when we... I mean, there were opportunities other than just the Marlins going to Milwaukee. Absolutely. You were in the driver's seat. Yeah, Absolutely. But at the end of the day, you'd also say, oh, geez, they did get... You know, they won three games. Maybe they only win one of those. Maybe they win two. If the games, if this, if this division is decided by a game and the Brewers sweep the Miami Marlins... Cubs fans will will look at that. They'll be self-critical because their team didn't get it done. But they people always like to blame, John. When your team doesn't get something done, you want to point your finger at somebody or something. This would be where they would point, part of where would they would point their finger. I mean, this is this is a significant advantage. I don't think Major League Baseball had much of an option. I really don't. I think the lateness of the decision of Miami not being able to do this put Major League Baseball in a significant bind. And I don't know if they could have done it any differently than they did, yet it's a distinct advantage for the Milwaukee Brewers, and I hope that they take full advantage. 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. Love to hear from you. On the phones, next, this is the Mike Heller Show. Back with you on the Mike Keller Show, rolling through a Thursday afternoon. I'm doing so from our friends at iHeartRadio in Salt Lake City, Utah, where I come out a little bit early for the Wisconsin-BYU Saturday showdown at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah, about 45 minutes to an hour from Salt Lake City. Uh, Vested personal interest on this trip out. My oldest daughter, Amanda, lives here and just had my first grandchild uh, born about one month ago, so... I got a chance to be out here a little bit early and spend time with my daughter, my son-in-law, and my my granddaughter. So that's the reason I'm here. My thanks to our friends here at iHeart Salt Lake City for setting me up in a studio today. 
Tomorrow, by the way, Ted Davis and Drew Olson will take over after 3 o'clock, and they will be at Sendix in Germantown, taking you through the entire afternoon on a Friday and getting you set for a full weekend of road baseball for the Brewers at home. I said that, road baseball for the Brewers at Miller Park. And the Packers on the road in Atlanta. And the Wisconsin Badgers on the road. So all of our Wisconsin teams on the road, including the Brewers at Miller Park. So you got that going on this weekend. And they'll take you through the entire Friday afternoon from Sendix in Germantown. So that goes on tomorrow. Go ahead, John. Hey, I got something. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on this couple of stats about Aaron Rodgers that I came across today that I thought Packers fans want to know about. Uh, Rodgers needs two more touchdown passes to reach 300 in his NFL career. Mike, he would be the fastest to 300 touchdown passes ever. You know who leads the league all-time in touchdown passes. That's Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. He uh, Manning got there. If he gets two touchdown passes this weekend, he'll get there essentially about 600 fewer passes than Peyton Manning did. Through his first, yeah, it, it, John. It's the reason I have continuously made the argument over the last couple of years, and certainly again this last year and in through the summer going into the season. There's a difference in best quarterback in the league and best team in the league. And again, I defer. The New England Patriots have been the best team in the league over the last decade, no doubt about it. They, for Aaron Rodgers' pro career as a starter, the New England Patriots have been the best team in the NFL. But I think it's silly to make the argument that just because of that, that Tom Brady has been the best quarterback in the NFL. I think the numbers bear it out, that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL, and Tom Brady is is a great quarterback, one of the all-time greats, but he plays also on the best team. You can't argue it. He plays on the best team in the NFL, and I don't think anybody will make that argument about the Green Bay Packers. Right. I mean, Brady's numbers are pretty amazing, too, when you look at him. I mean, it's not as if he's like... They a, are. I mean, those are amazing, no, no, amazing I mean, numbers. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you stack them side by side over the t- last 10 years, Rodgers is going to win the statistical battle, and he'll even win it in the postseason. He as will, far as yes. not wins and losses. Because you, you only control what you control. But from a quarterback standpoint... From a statistical standpoint, from an efficiency standpoint, it's hard. to You just can't make the argument unless you simply do it. Well, look at the rings. If you're going to make that argument as your standing argument, you'll win. And if that's the final judgment, you win. But if you make the argument based on who has been better at his position, hard to argue with the overall numbers. The overall numbers, and Brady's are fantastic. Rodgers are better. Well, how about we do that? How about I get the stats for Brady over the last nine years? Because Rodgers has been a starter for nine seasons. Although Brady only played one game in 2008. Yeah, so he misses he misses a game. But, I mean, overall, Rodgers, Rodgers missed, what, eight or nine games in the broken collarbone right. season? So the last nine... A, yeah, 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 right. So the last uh, nine seasons, not counting this year. Um, Brady has a 64% completion percentage, 35,000 yards, 259 touchdowns, 66 picks, and a 100.6 passer rating. Okay. So go through the last numbers again. 64 completion percentage. Yep. 35,000 yards. 35,212. 259 touchdowns, 66 interceptions, and a 100.6 passer rating. That's, of course, that's 125 games. Okay. Uh, Rodgers has played in 135 games over the last 
nine seasons, so 10 more than Brady. Um, 65% completion percentage, 36,500 yards, 296 touchdowns, 71 interceptions, and a 104.5 passer rating. So that's actually kind of surprising. Brady has... Pretty equitable. Yeah. Brady has less interceptions. Well, of course, he played less in that one year, too. It's 10 less games of Brady. But that is pretty, the, that's pretty even. Yeah, yeah it, it, but, is, it is pretty even. Yeah. yeah. But, I, you know, and again, we're talking about a team that is better, playing on a team that is better. And, and in the team that is better, you can go to weapons that are better. Now, I'm not going to get into the minutia of comparing Packers wide receivers to the Patriots wide receivers in the last 10 seasons or the tight end of the tight end. But if you compare all of it and you go with the, with the offensive line and the running backs and the receiving core, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown to Hall of Famers. Unless you think Jordy's going to be a Hall of Famer. He hasn't thrown to Hall of Famers. And Brady only did for two of those seasons, right? The Moss years. Uh, and Gronk will be a Hall of Famer, maybe, I suppose, if he can be healthy enough. So, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, here's the other stat I had about Rodgers uh, today on the rundown with John Adias. Uh, I was wondering, because I said one of my dark horse MVPs that the Packers win over Seattle was Aaron Rodgers and how he's able to draw defenders off sides or catch the other team with 12 men on the field. Remember I said that? Um, and yeah, I, I was listening, John. When I was were you listening to the show? On iHeartRadio, taking a run near... Um, uh, Sugar House neighborhood in Salt Lake City, Utah. Earlier today, I listened to the rundown with John Audius while I was taking a run. Well, well, thank you, Mike. Isn't and that awesome? I hope you didn't. I hope you felt like you didn't waste your time. Um, mm. But here's the point: I fu- I came across <laughs> the stat from Rob Domofsky, who I let somebody else do the research because I was asking. I, I wish I had numbers on Rogers as far as free plays. So over the last uh, since 2008, Aaron Rodgers has three times as many touchdown passes on either drawing the defenders off sides or 12 men on the field. He has 12 total touchdown passes since 08. The next closest is Joe Flacco with four. Four other quarterbacks are tied with three. And that's just touchdown passes. That's not counting completed passes that, you know, gain a first down or whatever. So, I mean, just just from that number alone, there's another fun stat about Aaron Rodgers when he gets all these free plays. Yeah, I think I think it's always going to be an interesting conversation, and it will always be subjective as far as where you stand on it. Got this tweet in, and we'll talk about it when we come back. Scott tweeted in, Reasonable Cub fan, if defending World Series champs can't beat Brewers cards with talent on that roster, they deserve fate their play takes them to. That's a very that's, reasonable wow. view from a Cubs fan. That's, that's, what, I was try- that's what I was talking very about. Very yeah. reasonable. Uh, we dig into that conversation a little bit more. 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. John, get out of here. See you. This is the Mike Heller Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Heller Sports. You can also do it at the Mike Heller Show, at the Big 1070, at the Big 920, at the score WI. I just tweeted out, uh, and uh, by the way, Jimmy Cuska now joins us in studio. I kicked John out. He's he got other things I wanted him to go take care of, and 
just kicked him out. Jimmy said I'm stuck with him. I said, stuck? That's not that's not the way I would refer to it. I get I get the pleasure of visiting with Jimmy Cuska on the air for the remainder. In any case, James, I just posted the full NFL picture of the color rush uniforms, which are back tonight. Now, when the Packers wear their color rush against the New York uh, against the Chicago Bears on September the twenty eighth, two weeks from tonight, the Packers will play their Thursday night color rush uniform game. I don't have a problem. Those are the all whites, and I think they actually look okay. Looks a little bit like Mister Clean, uh, but I don't mind them. Grand scheme of things, many of the NFL color rush uniforms are hideous. I don't like a bunch of them, and in pers- I'll give you perspective. Um, I don't like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, that all orange. Uh, they could be, you know, uh, that's deer hunting season in Wisconsin. I don't like the Seattle Seahawks, kind of a neon green. I don't really like the New York Jets, which is a little bit darker all green. I think the all dark colors or the all neon looking colors, uh, I don't like at all. Jacksonville is kind of, I don't know what that is, is that a mustard um, I'm not uh, all that diverse in my color description, but I don't mind. I guess what I'm saying is I don't mind the all whites. The Oakland Raiders will wear an all white. The Green Bay Packers essentially wear an all white. That doesn't bother me nearly as much as uh, I think some of them are just terribly ugly. I would want to get ugly. these mixed in the wash. Some of these, They're, it looks like they were soaked in highlighter. Some of these uniforms. Yeah, you're right. The Seahawks one and the ja- the Jaguars one jumped out to me too. Uh, Miami's is that all aqua color. That's pretty gross. The uh, I think it's Washington is the one over on the far right that you've got. That's all yellow with the red numbers. That's hard to read if you're you know trying to yeah, play the game. And I don't like the yeah. I would agree. I don't like the Redskins either. And there's one about four to the left of that. Five to the left of that. I don't know who that all red is. I can't. Uh, or um, I don't know if that I know it's not Tampa. Tampa's uh, they're orange. Not sure who that who that is. Maybe it's Arizona. Could be. Don't like it. Some of them I simply just don't like. And I get the uh, always. We've talked about this many times from the perspective of uh, additional revenue sources in the National Football League. I get it. Makes all the sense in the world. You're trying to 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 find different uniforms that you can sell in your NFL pro shops, the online pro shops, your your team headquartered pro shops. I get it. I understand it. I just am not a big fan. And we, we get to see it tonight for the very first time this year. And the Packers will be in it in uh, two weeks from tonight against the Chicago Bears. And again, I don't really remind that um, as far as uh, what, the, what the Packers end up looking like. I just overall, there are too many that I don't like. How many people are, you know, you're not buying the pants when you buy the jerseys for these color rush uniforms. So I guess I'm just, I, I mean, I think it's more, mostly just a visual appeal, right? Because every team's got alternate jerseys or retro jerseys, right? Yeah, I think the issue is that it, the way they go about this process is that all of them will match essentially their tops. I mean, it's it's all one full color. You know, so if you're wearing all whites, you're wearing a white top and white pants. I guess I what I don't like about it is the concept of of going to the same colored pants as their as their uniform tops. That's the issue, and that's the way all of them are. Um, and you know, like if I look at the Jacksonville one, if they were wearing white pants with that, I don't think it would look nearly as hideous. It's still a gross color, though. <laughs> yeah, it is a great. It is. It is. Uh, it, it does uh, remind you of mustard. A certain you know certain types of mustard. Um, so you've got that going on. So we get back to the National Football League tonight. Also, as we look at Major League Baseball today, 
there are games that have gone final. St. Louis beat Cincinnati 5-2. So now the St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers have identical records. Okay, so as we dig into this just a little bit deeper and try as we go every day, and, and now we sit, the Cardinals and the Brewers each have 16 games remaining. They are both 77 and 69. They are two and a half games back in the National League Central. As it stacks up, the, uh, the Colorado Rockies are getting hammered on the road, and I do mean drunk. They're getting beat 7 nothing at Arizona in the bottom of the sixth inning. And in that, if that holds up as it stands, the Brewers and Cardinals will enter tonight when the Cubs play two and a half games out in the division, so either two or three by the time tonight is done. They will also be two and a half games back at Colorado. The Rockies, if they don't rally for eight runs in their final nine outs, they will get beat today at Arizona. And that would put the Brewers and the Cardinals both. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Two and a half games back of the Rockies and just two out in the loss column. With the Rockies having uh, 15 more games to play and the Brewers and Cardinals each having 16 more games to play. So, again, a very interesting view as we go forward. I've said this throughout the day, and I don't want to mix up, I don't want anybody confused about my opinion of the Brewers playing the home series with Miami. I don't know that Major League Baseball had a great deal of option where this was concerned. Once Miami yielded and said, we don't feel comfortable putting our employees in a position of hosting, once they did that, where are you going to move that series to? Can't move it to Tampa. They're in uh, a worse situation. So I don't know what their options were, but when they came to the Brewers with 48 hours notice, a little bit more than that, about 60 hours notice, and said, can you host this weekend series? Of course the Brewers said yes. I don't know what else Major League Baseball could have done. However... I do also recognize that it gives the the Milwaukee Brewers a significant advantage in their chase to try and get into the postseason. The Brewers, by the way, just to give you the examples, here are the examples that I can give you. Arizona is forty seven and twenty seven at home. That's twenty games over five hundred. They're two over five hundred on the road. The Colorado Rockies, of which the Brewers are chasing, the Rockies are ten games over five hundred at home. Only four games over 500 on the road. The Brewers, eight games over 500 at home, exactly 500 on the road. The Cardinals, 10 games over at home, two games under on the road. Miami is a game over 500 at home and 10 under 500 on the road. I can keep going. Everybody in Major League Baseball, with the exception of the Atlanta Braves, they're 33 and 39 both at home and on the road. Everybody else in baseball, has a better record at home, many times significantly better, than they do on the road. There's not a single team, I keep hunting, there's not a single team in baseball with more road wins than home wins. So for somebody that says that, it doesn't matter very much. It does matter. 
Actually, I'm wrong. The Minnesota Twins have won two more road games than home games. They're the only team in baseball. They're the only team in baseball where that is said and can be true. So it is a distinct and significant advantage for the Milwaukee Brewers to be at home as the road team against the Miami Marlins. Miami will get last bats. Everything else stays the same. The Brewers are going to wear home uniforms because Miami's traveling with their roads. The Brewers will take batting practice first, so you won't see the Brewers. Normally, the home team takes batting practice first before the gates are open, and that will indeed be the case again this weekend. The Brewers will take batting practice first. So by the time the gates open 90 minutes before game time, the Brewers will be done with batting practice. That stayed the same. But the Miami Marlins will get the last bats. They will bat if they need to in the bottom of the ninth inning, and you hope that they have to bat in the bottom of the ninth inning for three straight games beginning tomorrow night because that would uh, put you in a position that you're either leading or tied going to the bottom of the ninth. That's what you want. So we'll see how that goes. And there is an advantage. And I'm sure if I was a Cardinals fan, which would never happen, if I was a Cubs fan, if I'm a Rockies fan, I look at this and go, that's not really fair. But I don't know what else you could do. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. We'll talk with Tom Hardercourt about this, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel JS online. He'll join us at about quarter past the hour of five, some 20 minutes from now. Back in a moment, this is the Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. Jumping into this, the third and final hour of the Mike Heller Show on this Thursday afternoon. I join you from Salt Lake City, Utah. It's about an hour's drive, a little less than that, from Provo, where Lavelle Edwards Stadium and BYU will host the Wisconsin Badgers coming up on Saturday afternoon. Kick time set for 2.30 as Wisconsin, the Badgers, 2-0, and will take on the BYU Cougars, who are 1-2 and out of the gate, including a loss last week to Utah. They've also been beaten by LSU to open the season, and they beat Portland State. Those are the three BYU games. You'll hear the coaches show tonight on our sister station, News Talk 1310 WIBA, and along many of the Badger Network stations, followed by Inside Badger Nation with myself and Ben Wargle. So Wisconsin gets ready for the road trip. The Packers are getting ready for a road trip to Atlanta, and the Brewers are getting ready for a road trip to Miller Park. All of that going on this weekend, and we'll talk about all of them in this hour of the program, and we'll visit with Tom Hardercourt of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and JS Online. Our baseball and Brewers insider will join us at about quarter past the hour, about 15 minutes or so from now. And the Brewers obviously with an off day, and they lost a half a game in the standings to the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals have already won today. They beat the Cincinnati Reds. So the Cardinals have pulled to dead even with the Milwaukee Brewers. They have the exact same record. And in that... Both teams are looking up in the standings at the Colorado Rockies, but only by two and a half by the time the Rockies game is done. Unless, in their final six outs, the Rockies score eight runs. Anything's possible in baseball. They trail Arizona 7 nothing 
going to the bottom of the seventh inning at Arizona. So if that were to hold true, the Rockies would drop to 80 and 67, and that would put the Brewers and Cardinals both firmly two and one half games behind the Rockies. Rockies would have 15 games remaining, the Brewers 16, the Cardinals 16. Then if you look at the divisional standings, the Cubs will play tonight at home against the New York Mets. And if the Cubs were to win that game tonight, the Brewers and Cardinals would both be rooting against that. But if indeed that were the case, um, you would find that the Brewers and Cardinals would be looking up in the standings at the Chicago Cubs, both three games back of the Cubs in the National League Central. Or it could break the other way. And if the Cubs lose, the Brewers and Cardinals will both be two games back. Keep this in mind. Cardinals and Cubs are next. They play one another this weekend in Chicago. There is also another four-game set that they will play against one another in St. Louis. The Brewers have a four-game set remaining against the Chicago Cubs. That's in Milwaukee. And the Brewers will finish the season with three in St. Louis. So they are going to be bedfellows a bunch of times between now and the end of the season. Sixteen games remain for both the Brewers and Cardinals. They will play one another in three of those. The Cardinals have seven other against the Cubs. So 10 of their 16 against the teams that they're in direct competition with. All of that going on over the final 17 days of the regular season. My goodness, this is going to be fun. Mike Heller with you in Salt Lake. Jimmy Kuska is in our Madison studios. Hello, Jimmy. Hey, what's going on, Mike? Pretty fired up about all this. I, I, I don't mind off days. I suppose it certainly helps the team, but I love the concept that every day another chapter gets written in the pennant race story of all of these teams. And I love the second wild card. Don't like the wild card playoff. I've said that for years. I don't like the wild card playoff, but I do love that there is a second wild card. I think it makes all the difference in the world as we begin to look at standings and, and bear it out as to what's going to happen. Uh, I, I think it's fantastic. I think one thing when you, you were talking about the teams that the Brewers are still going to play this year, and I think everybody is really locked in on the Cubs series. But I see all those games against the Cardinals, and I think to all the years that it seems like the Cardinals have, have done bad things to the Brewers late in the year, um, you know, in the playoffs, whatever it is. And in those games, with so many games against the Cardinals, those are the ones to me that uh, might be getting overlooked a bit, since everybody's kind of focused in on that four-game Cubs series. Yeah, I, I'm going to lament the idea that, and I would love for it to happen, but uh, it would. It would make me almost physically ill for the Brewers to go into that final series of the year, the three games in St. Louis. Those are the only games remaining between the Brewers and the Cardinals are the last three of the season. But they're in St. Louis. And if those were the three games that ended up deciding your fate, that is just not what, you know, I don't like the Cardinals, but that's why. Because it it has always seemed like in those elimination situations, the Cardinals have been better. And that that's the angst, and we get that. Listen, there are seven games head-to-head between the Cardinals and the Cubs. They will play the next three games beginning tomorrow in Chicago, and that is a traditional day game at Wrigley Field in Chicago. And by the way, just for rooting interest, what you will want in the Cubs-Cardinals seven games that remain is for somebody, and likely in this case the Cardinals, to win four of the seven. Yeah, split it as evenly as you can, but have the Cardinals win four of the seven. Because if that's the case, then the Brewers have the opportunity to gain on the team they both need to gain on. And the Cardinals would only pick up a game over the Cubs in that 
you know, if they took four out of seven, they'd only pick up a game. But that's what the Brewers kind of need to have happen. Every day, the Brewers need to just take care of themselves. You know, in the next six, they will be Miami at Miller Park, even though the Brewers are considered the road team, then three at Pittsburgh, and then that sprint to the finish. Four with no off days. Four with the Cubs, three with the Reds, and then three at St. Louis. That's that's what you have on the sprint to the finish. These three with the Marlins, three at Pittsburgh, then you stay home for seven, four against the Cubs, three against the Reds, and then three at St. Louis to wrap it up. It, it is going to be entertaining, and I think the coolest thing about all of this is that it's September the 14th, and this is what we get to talk about. It is, and, and that we, that's great. And we get to analyze, you know, the the Brewers Marlins series to the point where, uh, you know, the news today that the Marlins are resting their entire outfield in advance of the Brewers series. I mean, that's a, you know, those are things that matter in September. <laughs> I don't think we would have been thinking this back earlier in the season. People weren't expecting this. That's what makes it so much fun. Is that it's it's kind of you know it's kind of a surprise this year that the they're right in the mix here in mid September pushing for the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so this is this is a ton of fun. We get cool things that we get to talk about, and I know it. I, and, in fact, I put it up as my Twitter poll question today, Jimmy. I asked this question. If you were a Cubs, Cardinals, or Rockies fan, if you were the Cubs, Cardinals, or Rockies fan base, how would you feel about the three additional home games for the Brewers against Miami? Now, there's better than 500 people that vote on this right now, and the leading vote-getter is unfair advantage Hashtag whatever. Six out of ten essentially say whatever. If I reverse this, Jimmy, and if it were the Cubs that were supposed to go to Miami, and instead they played the games in Chicago, the Brewers fan base would vote with just the 15% that said, all caps, not fair, MLB, hashtag ridiculous. That's what we would vote for if this series was Cubs and Marlins and it was played at Wrigley instead of in Miami. I understand the circumstance, and I don't mean to in any way, shape, or form make light of the devastation in Florida through Hurricane Irma. Just not at all. I'm looking at this from the sports perspective. I think it is right to not play the series in Miami. You know, the reason I cite for that is that Miami decided it wasn't right. That's all I need. If Miami said we don't think it's in our best interest to play these games at Marlins Park, then that's the right answer. The question is where should they have been played? And on relatively short notice, I mean significantly short notice, where could they be played? That they're played in Milwaukee does give the Brewers a distinct advantage. And if I were a Cardinals fan, a Cubs fan, a Rockies fan, I would look at that and say, well, that sucks. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. I think that if you're a fan of those teams that are in the mix with the Brewers, I think people will be a little more fired up about this if the Brewers, you know, win all three or even if they win, you know, two of the three and end up winning uh, either the wild card or the division by a game. I think then, I think when you look back on it, that's when people get upset. They'll, they'll point to this. They'll kind of circle this from a few weeks back. Remember when the Brewers got gifted three more home games, you know, due to unfortunate circumstances, but they get three additional home games uh, for the year and people can look at that. So I think for, for fans of other teams, they're going to look at this with, you know, with the asterisk attached to it. But if you're a, a Brewers fan, you know, it's, 
it's it's kind of a nice bonus, a kind of a nice thing, but I, I don't feel like people are, are are fired up about this in the sense that uh, you know the Brewers fans themselves don't think that this is really a a, a big advantage or a big plus. It'd be different if it was one of the contenders they were getting at home, but uh, the Marlins aren't one of those contenders, so I, I guess maybe for Brewers fans it's not as big of a deal if that makes sense. Sure, but here's here's the other part of that that I would add in: Miami's not in the race. If they were playing these games in Miami, they would be playing in front of dozens of people. Maybe hundreds, but certainly not tens of thousands. There's going to be about 23,000. They're selling them out. Uh, for all the, the, the tickets that they can sell, which based on the, their ability to staff Miller Park for the weekend, that's going to be capped at about 23,000. There will be 23,000 there each of the three games. There would have been a total of 23,000 there in Miami for the whole weekend series, and that's if they counted everybody twice. Yeah, exactly. So, it, you know, there's no atmosphere. It's difficult to play in no atmosphere. The Brewers catch a break, not only at home, where they are, are markedly better than they, as everybody seemingly in baseball is markedly better at home than they are on the road. The Brewers, I've mentioned this a number of times, at home, they're eight games over 500. On the road, they're exactly 500. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So a distinct advantage for Milwaukee is... Now, you, you, you can't do anything but take full advantage. The Brewers need to find a way, and we don't know their pitching breakdown for the weekend. I think Davies goes Saturday and Woodruff Sunday. I don't think they've announced, well, I know they haven't. We'll talk with Tom Hardicourt in a few minutes, but I don't think we know who's going to go tomorrow. And uh, in that, the Brewers need to take full advantage and take these three games and get yourselves to 80 wins. That would put them at 80 and 69. I believe that would match their high water mark, but you have to take full advantage. You can't can't lay an egg like you did in game one against Pittsburgh. Every game, you know, you've got sixteen games left. That's the equivalent of a of a National Football League season. Every game matters. I mean, they matter all the time. But you get my point. There's only sixteen of them left. Seventeen days from now, the Brewers will be playing their final game of the regular season. They need to take full advantage of this opportunity, and it is a golden opportunity to get Miami at home. We're going to visit with Tom Hardicourt of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online. He is our Brewers and Baseball Insider. Tom Hardicourt joins us coming up next. Stick around. This is the Mike Heller Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Heller Sports as we roll through a Thursday night. This is the Mike Heller Show. The Brewers have the day off, but they're busy. They're paying attention to stuff, and it's not a travel day. Uh, it's been well chronicled. The Brewers' road series at Miami is now a home series against Miami, although the Brewers will be listed as the, as the visiting team. They'll bat first, giving Miami the final at-bats in this three-game weekend series. 
And busy watching the scoreboards and what they've watched so far today is mixed results. The Cardinals have already won. They beat the Reds 5-2, so they move into an absolute tie with the Brewers. They have identical records with 16 games to play. Meanwhile, Arizona leads Colorado 7 nothing. That game has gone to the bottom of the eighth, so Colorado appears on the verge of losing, and that would allow the Brewers and Cardinals to both make up ground. The Cardinals would pick up the full game, the Brewers the half game, and they would both sit two and one-half games back of Colorado in the wild-card chase. So that is good news where the Milwaukee Brewers are concerned. Meanwhile, the Cubs will play tonight at home against the New York Mets. And the Brewers and Cardinals both look at the standings there, and they both are Mets fans tonight. On the eve of the Cardinals and the Brewers tipping off a three-game series at Wrigley Field, I think everybody is kind of pulling for, other than Cubs fans certainly, everybody pulling for the New York Mets in that series finale tonight. Tom Hardicourt is our baseball and Brewers insider from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel JS Online. His time here is brought to you by Lust Lucky Town in Tosa. Great place to catch a game and also by Westtown Monona Tire in Madison at the corner of Gammon and Odana Roads. Tom, are you there? I'm here, Mike. Tom, how are you? I'm good. I'm not on a plane to Miami. Yeah, I was wondering about just the, the, the logistics there. I didn't know if you were covering that road trip and if indeed you were. It gives you an extra... Day at home with the Dachshunds. Yeah, and, um, well, actually, an extra four or five days. Extra weekend, right? Yeah, you bet. For when I'm going to be covering the games. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was. I'll, I'll be honest. I wasn't looking forward to that travel because I was. For one thing, I was having trouble getting in touch with the uh, hotel I was booked at, and it turns out that they don't even expect to reopen until October. Um, and I, and I think a lot of that's going on down there. I know the Brewers had switched hotels down there before they were told that they weren't going. And there's just a lot of uncertainty in the Miami area with what's open, what's not open, who has sure. power, whose phones are working. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it was going to be a tough circumstance to be down there. I think the last thing that's on anybody's mind right now in that area is playing baseball games. Tom, I, I wasn't in yesterday, but just to gain some perspective on this, it appears that this is the right thing to do, to not be playing in Miami, as you just alluded to. But from a Major League Baseball standpoint and from a competitive standpoint, is it the right thing to be playing in Milwaukee? Well, this is what happened, Mike. And this all goes back to trying to let the Marlins do what they hoped they could do. The Marlins really wanted to play this series at home. Their team's on the road. They've been on the road since before the hurricane hit. They sent their families with them to join them on the road because of not knowing what would happen, you know, to their own homes in that area. So the the, the team really wanted to bring, the organization really wanted to bring the team home, play those games at home, let their guys get back home and just figure out, you know, what's going on on and off the field. Well, so they, they they put it off, put it off. And if you recall, Craig Council was saying they were every day at the beginning of the yeah. week, we, we're going, we've been told it's a go, we're planning on going, so on and so forth. Because that's the message they were getting from the Marlins. Then all of a sudden, it started to become apparent to the Marlins that this is going to be hard to do. A lot of it had to do with marshalling the resources of um um, police and EMTs and all the other support 
people you need at ball games because obviously they've got bigger fish to fry down there than than just providing security at baseball games. So um, so Miami called MLB uh, yesterday morning, and I know for a fact uh, at 11 a.m. just from somebody I was talking to that by at 11 a.m. the Brewers had no inkling they were going to Miami. Yeah, uh, excuse right. me, they were not going that they to weren't Miami. right. Yeah, uh, right. And so, but the Marlins called MLB and said, you know what, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to pull this off. And so MLB told them, well, it, the series is in two days. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be almost impossible for us to find a neutral site, um, that, that would work for everybody and get both teams there. We're going to probably have to ask the Brewers, you know, to host it, at least their home. And if they can get their staff together, uh, you know, um, we're going to ask them. And do you have any objection? The Marlins said, no, let's just go there. And so right. that's how it happened. So the Brewers didn't push for it to happen. They didn't ask for it to happen. They didn't drop any hints for it to happen. Rick Schlesinger, their CEO, was at lunch yesterday, and he got a call from the MOB office, and he was asked right then and there, can you guys – you know, hold a hold a series this weekend. I'm pretty sure he had to skip dessert. Um, <laughs> and within 30 minutes, uh, he called MLB back and said, "I, you know, we we think we can do it." So, you know, it's hard to explain to people. Very few, if, if any, of these people that work at the ballpark are like full time Brewers employees. I'm talking about game day people, right? You know, a lot of the ushers are retired people. You know, sure. And, yeah, and a lot of the other people have, and so all these people had other plans, other jobs, other things scheduled for the weekend. And um, I think it's to the Brewers' credit that today, because of high ticket demand, they are they did find some extra staffing to boost the Friday ticket count from ten thousand to twenty three thousand, and they're going to do that all three nights now. Um, we thought it was going to be weird tomorrow night with just fans in the lower bowl because we're in the loge section. Yeah. We, in the press box, we'd kind of be up there by ourselves. But now they've uh, they, that's part of the, uh, the the filling process. You Now, you don't anticipate that that changes any more from where it is right now, correct? No, no. that's not, And I think they're very happy. What does it say about – and granted, the prices are discounted and – Cheesers love their discounts. The only thing I like better than that is their free stuff. Um, <laughs> what, what, is it, what does it say about them that within the first 45 minutes this morning, when tickets went on sale, they sold 30,000 seats and their website crashed because of the volume? I yeah, mean, it, it is. You know, it's Friday night, the high school yeah. football night. You've got Badgers, Packers. You know, it's not like there's nothing else going on. So um, yeah, no, no doubt. So we're going to have seventy thousand people there for the three games instead of the seven thousand a night that we're <laughs> going to have in Miami. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have twenty twenty three thousand for each of the three. They wouldn't have had twenty three thousand if you add them all up this weekend in Miami, and Probably maybe even not, especially under these circumstances. I mean, they don't sure. draw when there's no hurricane. Yeah, you know, when there is a hurricane. I mean, I just. The only people, the only reason some people might have even gone was to get into some air conditioning. You sure, know, that's been a real issue down there without power. It's well, just Tom, no let me l- let me ask you about the on the field stuff because I think we get the indication now that the Davies will pitch Saturday, 
and that Woodruff will pitch Sunday. But here we sit 25 hours out from uh, the game tomorrow night. We don't know, right? Well, it's going to be another bullpen day, uh, apparently. And um, Eric Thames, who, whose locker is um, one or two down from Jeremy Jeffers, let it slip after the game last night. That, well, we're sending J.J. out there Friday, so we're confident. I mean, he sort of <laughs> made the unofficial announcement. And and Jeffers has pitched multiple innings this year, and so um, if that is what happens, and we also have you know heard they're calling up a minor leaguer Aaron Wilkerson to uh, to provide another arm. You know, Craig told us, Craig Council told us, um, even before Jimmy Nelson went down when Garza was sort of pitching himself out of the rotation, that what we do the rest of the way might look a little different. You know how we said. You know how we just said we yeah. couldn't say bench anymore. It was position player group. Yes. Well, yeah. well, about three weeks ago, he redefined starting pitching and bullpen as outgetters. They're all <laughs> outgetters. You know, they're going to rewrite the whole book. I'm going to have to write a whole new baseball book at the end of this year, redefining the the term, new terminology. There's no more bench. There's no more bullpen. There's yeah, more, no right. more starting rotation. It's just the first guy that goes out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it. It's been a, a unique look at it. And I know you wrote also about Eric Thames. I mean, he would he, he's had a pretty good last few days. And if he could match how he began the season in the way that he finishes the season, the Brewers would have a legitimate shot if Thames got that kind of hot. Yeah, I mean, Craig Craig Council said very frankly the other night, we have to have a hot stretch. We have to have one more special stretch. And we probably have to have one guy lead us and have a special last three weeks. And, and let's face it, who's been special in the second half offensively? Yeah, nobody. You know, for, the, for the whole half, nobody. nobody. Yeah. Well, it, it, and then, I mean, Brett Phillips did some things. It leaves the, the manager with a bunch of choices, right? And, and I suppose that's a good thing, uh, but it's also a bit of a dilemma. Do you, do you try and run v- VR in there? How, do you give some days off at all to uh, to to some of your other players? How much does Hernan Perez play? How do you just handle yeah. this? Um, you know, especially with Phillips having a couple of days there, uh, there are questions as the Brewers head into this closing stretch. Yeah, they won. They won last night with only with two of their starting outfielders out. Braun was given the day off, and Santana was scratched before the game with a sore trapezius that I is you know could keep him out for another game or two or or not. We're not sure. The day off today will probably help. Um, but Brett Phillips, yeah, I mean he he's kind of a wild card. You know, last night he made an impact offensively and defensively, and this is one of their top prospects. And he yeah. did something very interesting to us when they sent him down. You see, either early August or mid August when they, the last time they sent him back, um, we talked to him that day, and we, he said, "My goal is to go down there and play good enough so that they call me back in September and then do something to help the team make the playoffs." So yeah. he's a focused guy who knows what he wants to do. He's not afraid. You know he's he's willing to get in there now, and and he would uh, relish the uh, opportunity. So that's the kind of stuff they need. It's it's all hands on deck. You know, you've been talking a lot the last couple of hours about the the number of games left. I mean, we are down to a precious few now. Like you said, it's a football season. Yeah, sixteen you get, games, and they can't 16 lose many games. of them, Mike. They, they no, just you can't. Lose many of them. 
Yeah, and seven of those 16 against teams that you're competing directly with. And, and I think it's even more um, impactful in Chicago and in St. Louis, in which after tonight for the Cubs, they'll also have 16 games remaining. And for the right. Cubs, um, they've got four with the Brewers and seven with the Cardinals. Eleven of their 16 are against the two teams chasing them. For the Cardinals, 10 of their 16 are against the team they're tied with and the team they're chasing. I mean, it, you can't ask for better than that. Yeah, this is, you know, they, for years, they've tried to have the last month be mostly in the division. You can't do it completely. The Brewers are playing Miami and, and, uh, you know, some of the teams have been playing the Mets. But, but here's my, would you like to hear my path to winning the division? I do. I, I do. Yes. I have a, more than uh, anything. I have a three step plan, a three step path. Oh, I like division. plans. Yeah. Let's do in it. those, in those, here's number one. In those seven games between the Cardinals and the Cubs, somebody, has to go four and three. I, I don't think it matters who, but let's just say the Cardinals, and because that would allow you to pick up the, the yep. ground on the Cubs. I'm with you. I said so that earlier as well. So we got that part knocked off. All right, Brewers. Then when the Brewers play the Cubs, they must win three or four. And then when the Brewers finish in St. Louis, they must win two or three. That's There's my the plan. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Plan. And, and, and it goes without saying that they cannot have Pratt Falls in the other games. Yeah, you can't, um, I'm, I'm you can't lay an egg like are, you did at Cincinnati, those three right? things I think are going to need to happen. And, and then the Brewers can make it happen themselves. Yes, they can, because they're going to have to be very good in the next six, right? Uh, be, that's right. before you get to those head-to-head matchups. So in the next six, you almost have to go gotta five be, and gotta, one. Got to be in striking distance. Got to be yeah. in striking distance. They can't yeah. be four out when the Cubs come to town and then have to sweep to tie them. You know? No, you you can't. And, you know, listen, everybody, except for the Colorado the last two days, everybody that we're talking about in the hunt, they've all kind of sensed this urgency, and they've all played close to their best baseball of late. Colorado certainly has until the last two right. days at Arizona. St. Louis has been really good. The Cubs have been really good. Everybody's winning 7 of 10 or 8 of 10. Uh, the Brewers are going to have to do their work against Miami. They're they got to w- yep. do well against Miami. they got to do well at Pittsburgh and then see where they are. Yeah, they caught a competitive break with Miami coming here, so they have to take advantage of it. As you noted, we're not going to compare baseball to the tragedy in Florida, but we're just saying they've caught a competitive break. That's, a, that's what, what we'll call it, you know. Yeah. You, it's, you don't like the misery that's going on at the other end. And then... Remember the pratfall they took in Pittsburgh coming out of the All-Star break? They cannot do that again. Nope, can't do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, we're, we're in lockstep on all of it. I like your three-step plan, Tom. If, if that three-step plan takes place, I'm with you. I, I think that uh, the Brewers... I'll, I'll, you know, I, I think they'll take their chances on the rest <laughs> of the schedule. If those I'm, three I'm, the rest of the schedule is only like you know nine games. Miami, yeah. Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, I agree. Well, Tom, it'll be fun, and it's always good to visit with you. We'll do it again at the beginning of next week. We'll know a lot more by the time we talk again, won't we? 
Yeah, and who thought we'd be talking about this stuff in September? Yeah, you know, it's all. You probably good. thought you'd be asking when we when I signed up for this gig in <laughs> March. You probably said we'd be you know exchanging lasagna recipes in mid September. <laughs> so uh, at least we're not doing that because I don't really have a good one. No, no, I, I do to buy it, but not to make it. Uh, there you very go. good, Tom. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. <laughs> all right, talk Thanks. to you next week. Thanks, Tom. Tom Hardicourt of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online. His time here is brought to you by Left's Lucky Town at Tosa. Great place to catch a game, but the game you're catching tonight is the Mets, Cubs, and pulling for the Mets in that one. And also by Westtown Monona Tire in Madison at the corner of Gammon and Odana Road. Back with more and your phone calls. We'll open up the phone lines for you now. Maybe you react to what Tom Hardicourt's three-step plan for the Brewers to play October baseball past October the 1st. You can react to that. 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. This is the Mike Heller Show. So there's more news on the Milwaukee Brewers as far as this weekend series unscheduled at Miller Park in Milwaukee. Really good information from Tom Hardercourt, who said Major League Baseball and the Milwaukee Brewers were found out uh, almost consecutively at about 11 o'clock yesterday morning. Miami uh, reaching out to Major League Baseball and said, we just can't pull this together. That is incredibly short notice for games that will be played in a big league ballpark some 60 hours later, and the Brewers and Rick Schlesinger got a call uh, just before the noon hour yesterday and said, can you do this? And the, the Milwaukee answer is yes. Not only have they done it and pulled this together, they were going to do 10,000 tickets for tomorrow night, cap it at 10,000 just to open that lower bowl, and that's it. They raised that to 23,000. There are some tickets still available. The Brewers say they still have... tickets remaining for all three games. And they've also added the concessions will be discounted to 25% off at all of the concession stands. Not from the vendors walking the aisles, but the concession stands will all be 25% off. Also, Friday night is student discount night. So if you present a high school or college ID at the gate tomorrow night, you can buy your game ticket for $5. They'll sell it out at 23,000 fans tomorrow night. And they also have the military discount, uh, as they always do, all weekend long. So the Brewers have uh, really put this into high gear to get ready for this series. They will be the visiting team, but wear the home uniforms. They will bat first and leave the Miami Marlins with the final at-bat in the bottom of the ninth inning. Hopefully that comes into play in all three games. You don't want to play any eight-and-a-half-inning games this weekend at Miller Park in Milwaukee, which is the opposite of what you normally want. You want to play, you want to finish at eight-and-a-half innings when you're the home team, but the Brewers, despite playing in their home stadium, will be the road team. So they're going to want a full nine-inning game. Uh, it's just kind of how that works. So they'll be paying attention tonight. Cubs home against the New York Mets at Wrigley Field. Cubs and Cardinals begin a series tomorrow afternoon at Wrigley. And the Brewers continue to pay attention to what's going on with the Colorado Rockies. Now, the Rockies have already lost today at Arizona. So the Brewers are two and a half back in a wild card chase. And depending on what the Cubs do tonight, they'll either be two 
or three back in the divisional race. And they are dead even with the St. Louis Cardinals. So you've got that at play. You also get National Football League game tonight. You get uh, a game with Cincinnati and Houston. In Cincinnati, and Houston is really shorthanded. They got a bunch of tight ends in the concussion protocol. They lose um, one of their linebackers today to a PED suspension that will keep him out through the end of November, a 10-game suspension. So uh, Houston's reeling a bit. And that would put uh, Bill O'Brien squarely on a hot seat if they can't get it turned around and, and find a way to uh, to play better tonight. I think he's on a hot seat. I think Chuck Pagano, is, is, uh, that seat is blistering in Indianapolis as well. So the NFL getting off to a, a very interesting start. It was not a totally competitive opening weekend, uh, but we'll see how it develops from here. And the Packers will play Sunday night in Atlanta before coming home against the Cincinnati Bengals that you'll see tonight. They will come to Lambeau Field in Green Bay a week from Sunday. Two weeks from tonight, the Packers are home on a Thursday night color rush game with the Chicago Bears. So uh, interesting uh, go as we get through the early portions of this season, um, and and we'll get another game tonight. So everybody was scheduled to be on the road, right? The Packers in Atlanta, the Wisconsin Badgers at BYU in Provo, Utah, which I'm already in Salt Lake, getting ready for that one, about an hour's drive from Salt Lake City. Uh, Provo, Utah, Lavelle Edwards Stadium Saturday for a 2.30 kick. And the Brewers were scheduled to be in Miami and go from Miami to Pittsburgh. Instead, they get the three games at Miller Park and need to take full advantage. Tom Hardicourt joined us. He put together the three-step plan for the Brewers to make the postseason. Three steps. Step one, there are seven games between the Cubs and the Cardinals. Seven games between the Cubs and the Cardinals. His deal is, step one, that that series has to finish four games to three in favor of either, but preferably the Cardinals. But four of the seven, so not somebody winning six of the seven or five of the seven, four and three in that seven games remaining between the Cubs and the Cardinals, and in preference to have the Cardinals win those four. For the Brewers in the four-game set, which is underway a week from now, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Miller Park, that the Brewers need to take three of four there. If they do that, you pick up two games. Have to take three of four. And the third and final step, last three games of the season. If step one happens, if step two happens, final three games of the season in St. Louis, his belief, if the Brewers were to take two out of those three, that there's your pathway into the postseason. Now, he added this in, but I'll, I'll make it a point of emphasis. Miami and Pittsburgh. Miami and Pittsburgh. That's the three that start tomorrow night with Miami, and then the road trip at Pittsburgh. You cannot fail in these series. You probably have to win five of six. Oh, that's fair to say. You probably have to win five of the six against Miami and Pittsburgh in order to make that happen, and also the three with the Reds that will precede the trip to St. Louis. So think of the nine games that remain against Miami, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. It would be better to be better than this, but you've got to go six and three. The way Tom laid it out, if you went six and three, I'll add this in. If you go six and three in that setup, and then you take three of four and two of three, that's a, that's 11 wins for the Brewers. 
if the Brewers added 11 wins to their total right now, they would finish with 88. 88 wins probably gets you to the postseason. So 6-3, and three, take 2 out of 3 in each of these series, or whatever variation, but go 6-3 and three against the Marlins, the Pirates, and the Reds. Take three or four against the Cubs and two or three against the Cardinals. If you got to 88 wins, I'd take 88 right now and and put money down that the Brewers are playing after October the 1st. So there it is. There's your path. If you're looking to find the path that gets Milwaukee to the postseason for the first time since 2011, there it is. That's your path. Can they do it? We'll find out. It's a, that's a That's high aspirations. To go three of four against the Cubs and two or three against the Cardinals alone. It's also high aspirations to go six and three against Miami, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. That means in order to do that, you go 11 and five in the final 16 that remain. And overall, if you want to add it into what they've already done, that would make them 16 and six in their final 22. 16 and six in the final 22 of which they're already 5-1 and one in those first six. There you go. That's the path. That happens. We're going to be singing a happy song about the getting into the postseason. My goodness, how fun is that? So we got that hanging in the balance, and, and you get this day to think about it. You get this day to think about it, and then 23,000 of you will be at Miller Park tomorrow night, another 23,000 early Saturday night, another 23,000 on Sunday afternoon. Make that happen. Make it a uh, home field road advantage for the Milwaukee Brewers. And you can certainly argue from a Cubs, Cardinals, and Rockies perspective, this is a bit unfair. It is. But I think Major League Baseball was stuck between the proverbial rock and a hard place. With 48 hours notice, where were they going to go? So I, I don't know that Major League Baseball was ridiculous I think the situation is Miami really wanted to play these games. Tom Hardicourt just shared. Miami really wanted to play these games in Miami. And when push came to shove, they did everything they could do, and they just didn't feel like it was something that was right to try and pull off. So here we go. Here we go. That'll be fun. little NFL tonight, seeing if J.J. Watt and the Houston Texans can... Find a way they are woefully undermanned in that game on the road at Cincinnati. Woefully undermanned. So we'll see how that works out. And then you get a Packers Sunday night game in Atlanta. And we're going to see the true test. I was talking to Bill Huber, PackerReport.com, our green and gold insider earlier in the show today, asking him about that one and always reminding ourselves and those who are listening that We're going to talk about this Packers team in a far different way at the end of December when you're getting ready for the playoffs, first week of January. This team that you see Sunday night going into Atlanta, it will look different, much different. And we don't know why. It just will. Whether it's injuries or uh, attrition or players that you don't expect to be better that are better than what you thought, all of that will come into play, yet... I'll, I'll, I say that and remind you of that, that the team that we talk about going into the playoffs will be far different than the one we talk about going into Atlanta on Sunday night. The games still matter a great deal because I think the, the win against Seattle is like a game and a half. If you were to beat Atlanta, you hold the tiebreaker over the Falcons 
and the Seahawks all season long. You have one and a percentage of a win in each of those games because you will hold the tiebreaker. That is a big deal, and those don't get given back. So uh, it's it's an important game for Green Bay. It's also a measuring stick. How does the secondary hold up? A year ago, it was Ladarius Gunter trying to stop Julio Jones. Ladarius Gunter is not on the Packers roster anymore. So how will they stack up against those Atlanta Falcons? We'll find out on Sunday night from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Tomorrow, Ted Davis will step in again. They are at Sendix in Germantown. Ted Davis and Drew Olson on the show tomorrow at Sendix in Germantown. I might check in with them from Salt Lake City and get you all set for Wisconsin and BYU Saturday. On some of these stations, the Badger Sports Network, our pregame coverage will begin Saturday at 12.30 Central Time. Matt and Mike take over at 1.30. They'll kick it just after 2.30 from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you on Saturday. This is the Mike Heller Show. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.